<laughs> Coming from the other side of darkness, this is Holiday, and you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reppin' show. <laughs> and now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reppin' show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned your dials, (laughs) and by that I mean press play on your phone or computer or however way you enjoy our podcast, Uh, to the 88th episode, we've hit 88 miles per hour, jumping gigawatts. This is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, folks, the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. Oh, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. That's what they call you around town. It is, absolutely for sure. They just call me Perry Smith, though. Um, (laughs) I I, I should do something that merits a nickname. Uh, I've often been told this. Uh, Lots to talk about on today's show, folks, of course. We've got to talk about the uh, shellacking CM Punk took at uh, UFC 225 against Mike Jackson. Dominion went down uh, recently. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. A lot of fun that was. We're going to talk all about that. Changing of the guard on that one. Also, of course, this weekend, NXT TakeOver Chicago was going down, as well as WWE's Money in the Bank. Darren and I got to go head-to-head. Head-to-head. And uh, figure out who we believe to be the victorious few. And by victorious few, I, of course, mean the uh, people walking away with that money in the bank. Because that means a whole lot to people. Unless you're Baron Corbin, then it means very little. Uh, So it's hard to believe it's money in the bank time already, considering Carmella held that briefcase for so long. Do it all over again with people who've got that money the bank opportunity. We're going to talk all about that. Before we do, we got to talk about those headlines. So UFC 225, Darren, your favorite UFC competitor, CM Punk, <laughs> a.k.a. Phil... Phil Jiu-Jitsu Brooks. Phil Jiu-Jitsu Brooks. Uh, is involved in this one. Uh, apparently, he didn't do so well. I, I myself have not watched it, but I know you have because I know that you're bloodthirsty, especially when it comes to one uh, 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 Judo Brooks. <laughs> yeah, ever since uh, episode two of the whole Reffin show, I've made it very clear that I am no fan whatsoever of CM. Oh my God, do you hear that? No. All right, dear listeners, I am sorry. (laughs) Let me uh, take just a moment to uh, clean out my shorts. Um, An incredibly spooky grandfather clock just chimed inside of the giant, uh, spooky, possibly haunted antebellum home in northern Virginia where I find myself sitting at this very moment. The home of Kappa Alpha Order uh, is the (laughs) secret uh, recording location for one half of this week's episode of The Whole Reffin Show. And I'm sitting alone in this gigantic mansion at night, and I'm terrified. And when all of a sudden I hear chimes go off, it uh, it's a little alarming. So, excuse me. Well, it's supposed to be alarming. Uh, it's supposed to tell you what I time know. it is. The thing is, though, it's 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 628 here, which means like 928 there. Why did, why did the 
clock go off to tell you that it was 9.28. What an asshole clock. I was warned that it it did not chime at proper times. It just chimed randomly. Which, of course, (laughs) did nothing, did absolutely nothing to soothe my fears of ghosts. Right. So, anyway, I need to uh, focus on making fun of uh, CM Punk and stop thinking about ghosts. Um, or else I'll creep myself out. But it was uh, it was UFC 225 this past week, and we got to see CM Punk. We got the privilege of seeing CM Punk step back into the octagon for the second time, fighting at the highest level of mixed martial arts for Dana White and Zuffa and UFC and the whole gang. And he's in there, and he has no business being in there. And he was supposedly handed a ringer, a softie, a patsy, a pushover in the form of Mike Jackson, a guy even skinnier and lankier than CM Punk himself. And yet Mike Jackson rope-a-doped and clowned around enough in this three-round decision that Dana White fired him <laughs> for winning the match. <laughs> I know our dear listeners, uh, most of you must have seen this match or at least seen highlights or read something by now. If you haven't, let me tell you, it was a joke. It was it was CM Punk's pro-MMA career in a nutshell. And I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hereby inviting criticism for my opinion here because I know it's not uh, the popular one. Um, it's not wholly unpopular either, though. People are people know that Phil Brooks, CM Punk, has no business in an octagon, and this showed it. He's 0-2, even though after the fight he said he was 1-1. So if that wasn't proof of how deliriously he was from the beating, then I don't know what was. How he could possibly be claiming to be 1-1 when I, with my own two eyes, watched him get obliterated two times. <laughs> Well, Mike Jackson literally could have finished CM Punk in the first round. Uh, He could have finished him in the second round. Should have finished him in the third round. But he made a mockery of the octagon, of the sport, and of CM Punk. And that's what Dana White took took exception to. And that's why Dana is saying no more. No more Mike Jackson. But Dana's also saying no more CM Punk. Right. Well, so, well, one of those two people actually uh, uh, draws money, and that is CM Punk, sadly, uh, in, in this situation. Um, yeah, I listened to Joe Rogan talk about this. Uh, my roommate listens to a lot of Joe Rogan, therefore I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> shout out to Casey, my roommate. Um, yeah, and, and Rogan, I mean, and Rogan's... Joe Rogan. And, well, Rogan's not a very positive guy when it comes to professional wrestling in general, um, but I mean, he, I, I agree with Rogan in that he doesn't deserve to be performing on a UFC stage at all. I mean, if CM Punk wanted any kind of chance at a mixed martial arts career, he needed to do like amateur fights and work his way up, but also, you know, you know, do what, uh, every other mixed martial artist does. Um, but he was so headstrong and cocky. He was like, well, I've got a name. They're going to put me on UFC. And you know what? It's Dana White's fault, as much fault it is of uh, CM yes, Punk. Yes, it is. I, yes, I, I, I will give 50% of the blame to CM Punk. The other 50% I will definitely put squarely on the shoulders of Dana White. If he's so like, you know, you're making a mockery of my sport and everything like that, then why did you book him to fight on your event? Yeah. 
Yeah, Dana only booked him because of Brock Lesnar. Right. Dana, and if you wanted to argue that, which you'd be a fool to argue that, but even if you wanted to, then you know what? The marquee should read Phil Brooks, not CM Punk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, by the way, apparently part of the trial that CM Punk and Colt Cabana won, and, you know, congratulations to them. I think that they were probably, they should have won that case. Uh, However, apparently under oath, CM Punk revealed that uh, CM officially stood for Chick Magnet, (laughs) which, of course... Uh, is uh, goes against what he's been saying for several years, which is Chicago made. Right. But we all know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, it means cash money. Right. And he was part of a backyard wrestling stable in which everyone in the group was known as CM and then some word, because they were the cash money players. And so, no. So there you go. Does anybody want to get uh, Phil Brooks for perjury or saying that he is a chick magnet? <laughs> well, um, it's 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 just it's the story of uh, uh, TCM, Darren uh, Turner Classic Movies, and then once they once they played Gothica on the channel, they, they realized <laughs> we can't call it that anymore. So now it just means uh, nothing, um, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I see. Mean, I, 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 <laughs> I think AMC did the same thing. I was like, Halloween 4 is not an American movie classic. <laughs> now it's just Amica, uh, which means nothing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, CM Punk uh, has no business uh, in UFC. If he wants to keep fighting, he can do it, but he needs to do it at an amateur level. And, uh, and yeah, he should never appear in a UFC ring ever again. Um, and that, that that's just the way it is. He, he's not cut out for it, and, and that's okay. But uh, the, the, the interesting thing is he's really kind of like given the, the finger to uh, wrestling in general. So it's kind of like, well, what do you do now, bud? Uh, yeah, so. don't go back to wrestling. I'm going to say that. Don't go back to wrestling. The, what I said, the, the most unpopular parts of my opinion are that I don't want him back in wrestling. Uh, had he only had that one UFC fight, then yeah, maybe. But after two fights of him just absolutely shoving it in everyone's face and then going out and getting humiliated twice, right? he's just not a believable threat. We all are in on the joke. We understand what wrestling is. But still, I don't want him in there because he's just not a believable threat. Even I, he just He's a joke. And, that, you know, that, and I also, the other unpopular part of my opinion is that I don't give him credit for chasing his dream. I don't give him. I don't give him credit for having a lot of heart. He didn't. He wasn't chasing a dream. He was trying to prove something to someone else, and he didn't have a lot of heart. He had a lot of stubbornness. All the positivity that's being uh, like sent his way, I want to send him equal parts negativity <laughs> because that is his entire UFC career in a nutshell. Is negativity. That's all he brought to the game, and. Uh, it's backfired well, twice. The, the worst part of it, though, is that I mean, if he, he is a WWE made wrestler, so he goes into this whole thing and he loses. That makes him look bad. It makes wrestling look bad by default. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar knew this, and you know he obviously 
made himself look good by winning and even becoming champion very quickly. But he made wrestlers. You know, he made people shut up who were going like, oh, we do it for real here, boy. Um, so, I mean, Lesnar came in and won the title. It was kind of like, okay, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, But, yeah, I mean, uh, the, my two cents uh, at the end of the day, uh, your UFC career was a joke, CM Punk. Uh, you made your bed by crapping all over wrestling. You get to lie in that bed. And I don't want you back. I used to be a huge fan, but now I don't want I don't want to see you wrestling again. You've embarrassed wrestling. You've embarrassed yourself. Um, you know, I don't wish you ill. I don't want you to be in the poorhouse. I hope you and your family are, are great uh, in terms of health and financial security. But uh, steer clear. Steer clear of my TV screen, brother. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also this week, we need to discuss the results from New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion pay-per-view which i watched on new japan world a a subscription that right now is uh in terms of its new content far far more valuable than the wwe network same price far more valuable um the only thing new japan doesn't have of course is all the old wonderful ecw and wcw pay-per-views which make the network worth every last penny (laughs) dominion Dominion, we saw on Saturday, the 9th of June. And uh, what we're going to do is we're really just going to kind of go through the results, make a few comments, and then we'll discuss the big matches a little bit more thoroughly. Uh, Dominion opened with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles on the line. The champions, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanamaru, taking on Sho and Yo, Rapongi 3K with Rocky Romero, their uh, their coach or their what is he their director that's right he's calling himself the director these days show and yo the artists formerly known as the tempura boys and uh, i'm sure they're trying to put that uh pretty far behind them <laughs> but as the pongi 3k they've been very successful so far uh trying to win back the junior heavyweight tag titles that they used to have they uh they don't but they don't do it at dominion they fall short and uh Kanemaru and desperado retain the belts the uh the new tag team i guess uh they're they're fighting together regularly david finley son of fit finley and uh juice robinson formerly known as cj parker and nxt and, uh, <laughs> son of Smokey robinson the uh motown singer <laughs> they took on yoshihashi and jay white um of course uh by jay white i mean switchblade <laughs> switchblade uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson win this match. And um, already in the show, we are seeing a distinctly international vibe here in New Japan Pro Wrestling, a show which highlighted the hiring of an American, uh, an American man to run New Japan as the new president and CEO. You're going to see that really start to uh, make it very plain. In the events here at Dominion. Finally, a white American male does good. <laughs> uh, next up, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. Talk about uh, odd bedfellows. Taking on Toro Yano and Tomohiro Ishii, the stone pitbull. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki win. And uh, this is a match that is just... This is Bizarro World. But uh, uh, next up, 
The never open weight title is on the line as champion Hiroki Goto took on Taichi and Big Mike, Michael Elgin. And Michael Elgin takes the belt off of Goto. This was something that I was uh, pretty excited to see just because, uh, you know, it's sort of one of those things where when you start watching something a whole lot, your opinions get stronger and stronger. And a couple years ago, if you'd asked me about a New Japan show, I would have said, oh, man, everybody's great. Like, I just love everybody. Everybody is equally great. There's nobody. But, like, you know, I'm starting to distinguish a little bit and discriminate here and there. And uh, Goto, not my favorite. Not my favorite. So I was going to say that about Elgin. Elgin's not my favorite. And he had really derogatory things to say about women in wrestling, too. Not too, not too long ago. So it's kind of like, yeah, screw this guy. That's true. But he is the new never open weight champion. So again, you got a Gaijin, you got the white fella going over and taking belts away from the Japanese wrestlers in Japan. Well, I assure you that does not happen again the rest of this pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> and if you believe that, I've got some uh, oceanfront property for you in the state of Missouri. Oh, wow. You've said that before in an episode. There's no way I can find what episode that is. Uh, maybe some of you super fans at home can. Um, but I, I know Jameson, you... Jameson, how about you? Can you find it? Right. Good, good luck, Jameson. You've been tasked. Don't the do that. IW... Don't do that, by the way. Some of our episodes are way too long. Don't do that. The IWGP heavyweight tag team titles are on the line as Sonata and Evil... Oh my god, there's the grandfather clock again. Well, you said evil. <laughs> oh, no. Went, oh. Super paranoid. Oh, oh, Darren, it's 9.42. Just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> oh, man. Sonata and Evil, representing Los Ingobernables de Hepong, uh, defended their IWGP heavyweight tag titles against the Young Bucks, who have always competed for the junior heavyweight tag belts, so this was a huge opportunity for the Young Bucks to move up in weight class, in recognition, uh, in terms of um, you know where they fit on the card in New Japan. Right. Yeah. It's it's cool. They went up a weight class. It's it's odd them uh, wrestling for the uh, the regular tag belts instead of the junior, because um, <laughs> they've held the juniors at least a couple of times by now. Um, so good for them. Uh, even better for them. They win. Yeah. 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 They win the belt, so good for the Young Bucks. Uh, next up, we see th this this match was just, just insane. Just on paper, anyway, you slice it. Rey Mysterio, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, the ace. of Japan Pro Wrestling, taking on the Bullet Club's Cody, don't call him Rhodes, the villain, Marty Skrull, and the hangman, Paige. And uh, it is the Bullet Club who actually defeat the Savvy Vets in Mysterio, Liger, and Tanahashi. And congratulations to uh, Cody's rather surly dark side of the Bullet Club with their victory here. Next up, Will Ospreay, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, took on Hiromu Takahashi and Daryl of <laughs> LIJ. Hiromu Takahashi, one of my favorites in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling. This guy is, uh, I don't know, he looks like a, uh, <laughs> um, uh, a cast member from Broadway's Cats. Uh, 
got caught in an, uh, an explosion at a spray paint factory. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, that's a compliment. Right. So, so Takahashi takes the belt off of Osprey, winning one for Japan. Let's keep these belts in Japan, at least on one Japanese wrestler. But that's going to be the end of it because the two last matches, one for the IWGP Intercontinental title and one for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, both see sons of Japan, sons of the New Japan Dojo, guys who have been on top of New Japan and the wrestling business internationally, both taking on Gaijin, both taking on Canadians, both taking on guys from Winnipeg. That IC title match, Tetsuya Naito, the IC champion, took on Chris Jericho, Y2J himself, the alpha, Chris Jericho. And in the main event, Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP heavyweight champion, took on Kenny Omega in a best two out of three falls match with no time limit. It's Japan versus Canada, yes. the two biggest belts on the line. Yeah, it's odd, uh, no time limit in an NJPW match because uh, you can constantly hear the announcements of like how you know how long the match has been going on, uh, and in Japanese, of course. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jericho Naito. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the match? How did you feel about uh, what Jericho like Jericho's look? That looked terrible. Thank that you. Thank terrible. you. I, I I saw it and I was like, this this looks horrible. I bet Darren loves it. So I'm going to have to jump on and say I don't like it so Derek can go, wow, I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. So I'm <laughs> glad we're on the same page about that. That looked horrible. It did. Any undersized fedora always looks terrible. Take off your undersized fedora that you bought at Target put <laughs> it in the trash can and set it on fire. He looked like, okay, it's Halloween. I don't have a costume. Oh, I'll be the crow. That's what he looked like. <laughs> Yes, thank you. You took, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth, as Meatloaf would say. Because I was going to say, underneath that undersized fedora, he looked like he was in about the seventh or eighth sequel to The Crow, where they when, stopped giving a shit. When, when Eddie Furlong makes a better crow than you do, you have to uh, rethink Ooh. your look uh, there, Jericho. Uh, the, the match itself, uh, Jericho really put the screws to uh, Naito. Uh, Naito wore his suit for like half the match, and Jericho was just thrashing him about. Uh, Naito eventually gets some offense, and Naito's got that cut under his eye the entire time, so it looks pretty gnarly. Um, wrestling, like, I mean, to me, this was a mirror image of uh, Wrestle Kingdom, where uh, Jericho fought uh, Omega. And that I thought this was a really good brawl, but not necessarily a really good wrestling match. Um, I was not terribly happy with the actual match itself. Uh, more so that Jericho went over on Naito, because I'm a much bigger fan of Naito than I am of Jericho at this point. Um, so I'm uh, surprised that Jericho won the belt. I mean, well, not surprised, but kind of let down. I'd much rather the belt stay with um, Naito. Even though Naito might try to tell you that he hates belts, and he tries to destroy the belts that he, he owns... Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel. I mean, I, 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 no, no reason for me to just repeat everything you just said because I agree with almost all of it. Good brawl, not a great match, but I don't think Jericho is quite capable of having that 
five-star match anymore, and that's fine. Right. Most people his age aren't wrestling at all. Too many of his peers are no longer living. So the fact that he's putting on a good match of any style is pretty outstanding for him. And it is a good match. But no, it's not going to be It's not going to be uh, some Meltzer special. It's not going to, you know, shake the earth or anything. But it was good. Uh, Naito's a good opponent for him. That's a good, there's a lot of hate there. It's interesting to see Jericho playing such a, a dastardly heel, like truly dark and dirt down and dirty heel out of Chris Jericho. It's pretty, pretty interesting uh, to see that out of him. But uh, I like it because I would have never imagined that he would take the belt off. I figured his New Japan appearances will be an absolute premium. And so by putting a belt on him, I mean, sure, you could just have one more and he loses it. But, like, to me, it almost says, no, you got to have two or three more. You got to have him maybe defend the belt one time. Right. And uh, that's exciting. I like that part of it. But I am at this point in my wrestling fandom and in my life and in the year 2018, simply a bigger Naito fan than I am a Jericho fan. Isn't that weird? (laughs) It is. It is. Uh, but I'm I mean, you. I mean, like go, go, go back in time to like Nitro uh, and, and the like 96, 97, where it's like, well, what, what? It's it's Masahiro Chono, uh, who is from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's like the the guy on loan for WCW. Like him versus Jericho, then would have been like, boo, Jericho for life. Chono, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very original when I was younger. Um, not much has changed. So, but but now it's like n- not, not me. Now I'm cheering on the New Japan Pro Wrestling guy over the you know WCW darling, the WWE darling. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the times the changing. Well, I have to say historically, the only New Japan person I ever cheered for uh, was the Great Muda. The Great Muda, yeah, that's, that's and, easy. Uh, but these days, man, it's all New Japan all the time for me. I'm. I am into their product. Yeah. How about this main event, though? Can't complain about wrestling in this match. Oh, absolutely not. This is the fourth time these guys have uh, gone at it. Okada and Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Meltzer said it was the greatest wrestling match he had ever seen. But 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 I think that Meltzer is kind of like doing his joke. Like I, I almost feel like he he said that just to just to say it because everyone gives him shit about saying I think the first one was a uh, six-star match. Um, to me, the the first half of the match was very good, but it didn't get really good until the middle to the end. I thought middle to I thought as soon as Okada hits his first fall. From then on out, like it's it's a it's a truly great wrestling match. And again, unfortunately, I told you this. I haven't told the the listeners at home. Uh, unfortunately, of course, Jericho is a goddamn bonehead and uh, posted a picture of him with the title belt with uh, Kenny Omega with the title belt uh, on his Instagram before I could actually watch this event. So I going into it, I knew who was going to win these matches. Uh, or at least these two matches. So it didn't mean as much to me as it would have if I did not know. So, you know, a little little note to Chris Jericho. Fucking wait 24 hours, maybe, so everyone can watch the goddamn thing before you post the results of the two biggest matches. Anyway, that's all. No, I, I, I completely agree. I actually watched this whole show live. Yes, I got up uh, Eastern Standard Time and watched it at 3 a.m., and uh, so I didn't suffer that same fate, but I feel you. I feel you. Thank you. 
I I don't know if it's the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. I said that uh, Okada Omega 2 was the greatest wrestling match I had ever Two seen. 2 is my favorite as well, yes. 1 is like, 1 has... I mean, what what uh, the, their first matchup set the stage. It really did, and it was amazing. And yeah, it probably was worth six stars. The second match was truly amazing because the second matchup was so good. It's hard for me to say that this one was better, but it's simply the fact that two out of three falls ups the ante, no matter what. It just puts you on edge even a little bit more, and. Boy, how many times have we talked about kayfabe being dead and buried and dug back up and cremated and then thrown overboard and then found and buried again. And yet, I watch these Okada Omega matches like I am watching blood sport and every dime I have is riding on it. Mm. Like... (laughs) I am into these matches, and that is a testament to those two men. You know, it's a testament to the company. It's a testament to strong style. It's a testament to the sporting atmosphere that New Japan creates. But really, it comes down to Okada and Omega, and they make magic. And, uh, I mean, that's all I have to say about it. Anything else is just me, my version of saying what everybody else is saying. But the reality is, this is a magical matchup. And we finally see Omega come out on top. And that makes a huge difference as well. That changes the whole game. It changes this matchup. It changes the trajectories of these guys' careers. It changes the trajectory of the company. And in my mind, it changes the complexion of the entire wrestling business. This one match changes the entire global wrestling industry. Well, it's funny because that that sounds like hyperbole, but it's, it's, it's actually pretty accurate. There, there, there is a, a white man, again, a white man as champion, you know, of uh, fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, like, I've I've been saying for a while, like, like Kenny Omega is key to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Had they lost him, you know, a year, a rumble or two ago, you know, to WWE, it would have been a huge loss. Huge loss. I think with Kenny Omega, uh, all things are possible. Uh, and, and all credit the world to Okada as well. Yeah, that, that's one hell of a dance partner. Uh, the match itself, though, just a couple quick spots. Um, I mean, there's always some great spots in these matches. But when they're laying uh, kind of like next to each other, kind of just like exhausted, um, like kind of up against the second rope, you know, uh, like that, that was such a great moment. Really good, really good storytelling elements in this match. But um, that moment was really excellent. It reminded me of Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed. Trying to both get up at the end of Rocky Two. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's just kind of like these two old warriors who've been fighting forever, uh, just trying to make it to the end of the match. But also when uh, when this has to be mentioned, uh, when Omega hits Okada with a Styles Clash, that was beautiful. That was such a nice little throwback to AJ Styles, and I had to sixteen. Yeah, and why I think sixteen thousand Japanese fans chant. AJ yeah, which is really, now I'm watching it with the Japanese commentary, so it's AJ Styles, I want the Styles a clash of, and it was just like, okay, I understand that, okay, so yeah, um, so anyway, just a really, really great match. If if you can find it on um, on YouTube, I did, uh, so hopefully you can find it with the uh, English uh, commentary. Even though Don Callis is not our favorite person right now, uh, Kevin Kelly though he says a lot of good things. So 
Man, Dominion was great. I mean, you every New Japan Pro Wrestling event knocks it out of the park for me personally. It's such a breath of fresh air, um, especially compared to WWE, which would be kind of bland these days and kind of is bland to me right now. It's kind of hard to watch or force myself to watch right now, but I get through it. Luckily, before we get into WWE, Money the Bank business, uh, we're going to talk about NXT. Hey, NXT, they got it going on. Uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago. Darren, you ready to go head-to-head? Head-to-head. You better believe it. NXT is returning to Chicago for TakeOver. This is the second TakeOver Chicago for NXT, and this time they will be at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, which is not Chicago, but (laughs) close (laughs) enough, I guess. On Saturday, the 16th of June, 2018, NXT, the yellow brand of the WWE, the baby brother, the feeder system, the farm system, developmental, if you will. i tell you what they've developed into. They've developed into a superior product. Oh. The big brother. NXT puts on their typical five-match extravaganza in a two-hour network special that will come to us all from Rosemont, Illinois, on Saturday. We have Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion, taking on Nikki Cross, formerly, and maybe soon to be once again, of the stable Sanity. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Sanity. Um, they they just they just won't premiere. <laughs> uh, and Nikki Cross is still working the same gimmick. Uh, I don't know. There's rumors that Sanity may get sent back down to NXT, having never appeared. And, uh, you know, that is what it is. But well, it's also kind of weird anyway, because they, they announced that Sanity was going to be on SmackDown. And instead of just letting them appear, they were like, oh, no, they're, they're coming, folks. They're coming. Could be they're waiting on Nikki Cross to join them. So Maybe. And uh, if they are, this is a good chance for them, too. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick. Uh, Shayna Baszler retains. Yeah, it, uh, it makes sense to me. I would love Nikki Cross to be the champion, but uh, you can't take that belt off of Baszler already. No, you can't take it off of her already. And uh, they've done a good job of giving Nikki plenty of heat. She's sort of gotten a lot of gotten a lot of gained a lot of ground against Shayna Baszler. Made herself look really good. So this, you know, when she loses the title opportunity, it won't be a complete loss. Uh, she still looks good on this feud because she's sort of uh, been able to pull one over on Shayna a few times. And, and that's good for me because I'm a big fan of Nikki Cross. Like, big, big fan. Oh, she yeah. deserves a lot. She deserves this belt. I just don't think they're going to take it off Baszler yet. I agree. I agree. I think we're both going with Nikki Cross losing on this one. So we're both going with Shayna Baszler. Next up might be the match of the night. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Absolutely. It's, it's the match I'm most looking forward to. Um, I, I have I have noticed that like in the ads for TakeOver, this isn't even in the ad for TakeOver, which is very depressing to me. But yeah, I mean, Ricochet is already a really great competitor on his own. Velveteen Dream has really proved himself, uh, really proven himself to be uh, someone to, to watch out for. And we said, like, from long ago, like, Velveteen Dream might end up being someone that you need to pay attention to. And now, every, now everyone's jumping on our bandwagon, Darren. But, um, so Ricochet against Velveteen Dream, I mean, this this kind of got set up for that, uh, 
that ladder match for the North American title um, at the last takeover. And uh, I was hoping, you and I both said either Ricochet or Velveteen Dream would win the belt then. Um, at the very least, you would have these two going into a, a feud with each other, which we still got that. We were still right about the feud between Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. Now here we and get, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad we were right about that. And now we get the match, so now we get to eat our dessert that we'd heard so much about for so long. Uh, but who wins? God, it's hard. This is a hard one to pick. Uh, I really feel this is a hard pick. Um, but I'm going to go with Ricochet. Ooh. Um, I think Ricochet needs a high-profile victory to sort of, you know, I mean, he's the baby face here, and he's the hot star, and I think he needs it more. I think he needs the victory more. Oh, I'm going to go with Velveteen Dream, because Velveteen Dream needs a victory at this point. He lost to Aleister Black, obviously did not win the North American title, um, old uh, Adam Cole Bebe, who won everything that night, uh, he won that title in that match. Um, so he needs to win a match. I mean, Ricochet can. The, the thing is, either one of them can lose, and it's fine because they're so skilled. Uh, but I think Velveteen Dream needs the win more than Ricochet. I think Ricochet loses. Uh, he doesn't lose anything. He's, he still does things that no one else can do. So he'll still be Ricochet at the end of the day. I'm gonna go with Velveteen. Well, uh, I dig it. I think you're right. Ricochet can survive a loss here. I just think it looks better if he wins it. And I think that, especially when you look at the feuds on, on, on NXT for the last several months, many months, um, they're lasting a little while. And I think that Velveteen Dream going over here ends the feud, but Ricochet winning, the, the feud continues. So right, right, right. We'll see what happens. Talk about feuds that have been going on forever. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, is fighting Tomasa Champa, the Sicilian serial killer, <laughs> in a Chicago street fight. And uh, this sounds awesome. Like, I think this match is going to be badass, numero uno, grade A, fine, top shelf match. Well, if their last encounter was any indication of what these two are capable of in a wrestling ring, then this match is kind of no fail. I I, I thought the last match was pretty no-holds-barred uh, fight to the finish. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about the continuing saga of Champa versus Gargano, but, I mean, it's going to be a good match either way. You, you throw the Chicago Street Fight stipulation in there. If they weren't in Chicago, that would not be there, let's face it. Um, the only What I'm looking for here, though, Darren... You ready for this? Uh, maybe. Is a heel turn. A Candice LeRae heel turn on Johnny Gargano. That's uh, what I'm looking for here. Say it ain't so, Perry Smith. That's... That is in cold blood, which is, <laughs> which is a Perry Smith pun. Oh, I know. I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I didn't write it. I'm the killer involved in it. There you go. No, that, that, that's that's Capote. Serial killer. Yeah, there you go. Folks, Google that, by the way. If you're lost about that, uh, Trooper Capote wrote a book called In Cold Blood. Uh, the, the, the killer in that book is Ann Perry Smith. Moving on. Um, so, <laughs> Gargano versus Champa. Uh, Champa's got to win, right? Gargano won the last one. Champa has to win this one. Champa has to win. And I'm even going to piggyback your Candice LeRae heel turn. Uh, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Candice uh, LeRae's uh, kind of had it up to here with Gargano getting involved in Champa's shenanigans. 
Um, so it kind of makes sense that she just turns on Gargano. Man, how about that uh, head wound on Champa? Did you see the pictures afterward? Oh, yeah, it yeah. Like, it like six or seven different lacerations. <laughs> like, and one of them even ended up getting staples. I was like, God, man, like, I bet you wish you had some hair on top of that noggin to be a buffer. Uh, I mean, because it just split his wig, man. That's why I just talk about and criticize wrestling. I don't compete because it hurts. It hurts for real. Well, I mean, don't get me started on not having uh, any checks on your bump card, Barry. (laughs) You really don't want to get me started. Uh, It might become another very special episode. Uh, A a very special downer episode of a whole reference show. Um, That brings us into uh, tag team action here. Tag team champions, the Undisputed Era. Uh, They're taking on Denny Burch and Oni Lorcan. I like the tag team of Burch and Lorcan. I I don't like that it's two (laughs) naked bald guys, basically. Because they're both wearing wearing very little gear and they're both bald. Um, That that aside, um, Undisputed Era. Also, you know, I I don't mind them being naked and bald. I don't like the fact that I'm pretty sure they were put together because one of them holds up one finger and the other one holds up two fingers. Oh, but it works so well. <laughs> so so now they need to bring Shane Douglas in and let him hold up his three fingers. Oh, yeah. Because he's the new triple threat. I have a feeling you'll never see Shane Douglas uh, in an NXT ring ever. Uh, but maybe you have Sean Waltman come in and he can think it one, two, three, kid. There you go. There's There's that. Uh, so Undisputed Era, uh, who, who do you think is going to defend the belts? Do you think it's going to be, uh, is it going to be O'Reilly and uh, Roderick Strong? I really believe that it will be. Um, I, do we have a takeover without Adam Cole? He was the entire takeover, last takeover. Well, you know, the, what's weird is we very well may end up seeing Adam Cole in a, you know, a quote-unquote pre-show match uh, before the actual uh, network special begins. They'll throw one match in there on the on the pre-show. Um, seems weird that they would do that with someone like Adam Cole. Even weirder that they would do it with a title match. But it's been done before. It may happen again. And I know that they're leaning very heavily uh, on Adam Cole's uh, defenses that he's been making in Europe and the fact that he's about to defend that title at an Evolve show against uh, the wrestler known as Walter from WXW, from Ring Comp. And um, so maybe they're focusing Adam Cole in that direction and he just won't be a part of this takeover. Interesting. Um, uh, in a wrestling capacity. I, I bet he'll be there. He'll be at ringside with O'Reilly and Strong. But I'm just curious when we're going to see Bobby Fish at all. I know he's not wrestling, but the fact that he hasn't even been on TV is a mildly concerning. He was at TakeOver New Orleans. He showed up with Undisputed Era to be like, see this four of us now. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think in the match, though, I think Undisputed Era is going to hold on to the belts, right? I mean, Undisputed Era's got so much going for him right now. It's a, a gravy train on biscuit wheels, and it needs to kind of keep keep its momentum. Um, Birch and Lorcan, they're they're a, they're a fine tag team, um, but I don't think they're they're at, at this point worthy of the NXT tag titles. Is all. Probably not. Probably not. And I and I think O'Reilly and Strong are great. I love this new attitude. This this new sort of eat shit, uh, shock the system uh, gimmick that we're getting out of Roderick Strong. It, it, it suits him, or right. rather, he suits it really well. And um, you know, because he and Kyle O'Reilly seem like such nice guys in real life that it's it's 
they they actually pull off dirty heel pretty well to be such friendly faces. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're definitely holding on to these belts. Um, that leaves only the NXT Championship match between your NXT Champion Alistair Black and the Killer Monster Man Lars Sullivan. <laughs> Yes. They're running out of the. They're run, they see they've used all the names. They can't call him the Beast. They can't call him the Monster. They can't call him the Killer. What can they call him? Uh, the Mangler, uh, the Crusher, the the Puncher. Uh, they call him Large Sullivan. Uh, I think they should call him Large Sullivan. That's what I call him. Uh, this this is a really good matchup. I I, I like that Lars Sullivan is is coming after the title belt. Unfortunate, though, because I don't think he's going to defeat Aleister Black. And it's kind of an unfortunate situation of, what does that leave Lars Sullivan? Uh, does that mean he goes to the main card or the, the main show? We don't know. Um, I don't think he goes up there yet, but I don't think he wins this match. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Aleister Black, we're both going to say uh, he's uh, walking in at XG Chat. walking out. And, and I'm okay with that because I like Aleister Black as the champion. I really do. And I like this match. I'm excited to see this match. I feel like I'm pretty confident in what the outcome will be, but I'm still excited to see it. They These guys do not match up at all physically. Um, and that's a good thing. That, that That's, you know, that's Shawn Michaels fighting Sid. Like, I like that. I really like the way that looks. You know, that's Ric Flair fighting Vader. You know, it's 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 neat. It's neat to see because in some weird way it, it, it is believable. In some weird way, I've I've always thought of Lars Sullivan as a combination of Sid and Vader. <laughs> so well, it's, it's weird you that go. you say that. Um, well, he certainly needs to adopt a powerbomb. Oh, yeah. He needs to start powerbombing immediately. Um, so, yeah, Aleister Black. They're obviously invested a lot in Aleister Black, and they think that he's capable of being champion, and he's a capable champion, so it's it's smart money. Uh, so, yeah, I think the belt stays on him. So, for the TakeOver Chicago head-to-head, head-to-head, we agree with everything except for that Velveteen Dream Ricochet match. So, we'll find out on Sunday who wins the head-to-head. Head-to-head. Which takes us into Money in the Bank, WWE territory. Let's do it again. Money in the Bank coming to you live from Chicago. Uh, quite a few matches on the uh, on the card here, probably because it's it's both. Uh, I guess I guess yeah. Here from here on out, all pay per views are co branded, so we're gonna squeeze as many competitors into every pay per view as we can. And they've actually made Money in the Bank a, a bigger deal than it already was. Now they're saying it's it's part of the part of the big ones. It's it's on par with like SummerSlam and Rumble. And, uh, you know, WrestleMania. Now, nothing's ever going to be like WrestleMania, but still, you get the idea. Um, so, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the first match here that we see on paper. Uh, Daniel Bryan taking on Big Cass. It's a return match. Uh, we saw this already at Backlash. Darren, what do you think? Man, I don't know. I was all excited about this at Backlash. I was really sort of into this matchup. And now I don't care because, <laughs> well, it, it just became, it became cookie cutter, right? It's, it's too easy to just do like David and Goliath. It's too easy. And 
I don't know. It's like one day I like Big Cass as a heel, the next day I don't. You know, sometimes even when I do like the idea, the execution isn't very good. It makes me miss Enzo being there to talk for Cass. And I'm not saying Cass can't talk at all because he can. I, it just makes me long for Enzo and Cass together. And of course, it makes me long for them as baby faces. And don't get me started on that. But <laughs> I just, I've lost, I've lost uh, that loving feeling for. <laughs> Whoa, that loving feeling for this matchup. Um, I don't really care. And that sucks because I need to be amped up. I need to be goose flesh and hair on my neck standing up for every Daniel Bryan match. And I'm not. Isn't that the, 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 that's a very, that's a very uh, good point. And I thought of that watching the last SmackDown. It was like, I, I have to remember that Daniel Bryan is an active competitor. I think because we saw him every week as the GM, we just got so used to seeing him every week no matter what. Now that he's wrestling, it's not special because we still saw him every week anyway. And that that combined with the fact that he's not doing anything super special. He walked right into like the most generic wrestling angle ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which is, oh, hey, little guy, get out of the way of the big guy. Yeah, Big Cass gets to reference the fact that, you know, Daniel was hurt for so long and gets to say, I'm put you on the shelf again. I'll make you wish you stayed retired. I'm going to make you wish you didn't come back to fight me. Yeah, well, I'm going to make you wish you was at home with your wife and kid. Yeah, well, you're going to wish. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, every week it's a, it's a better, or it's, it's another version of you're going to wish from Big Cass. Only the, thing, the sad part is Big Cass has to win this match or he's dead in the water, so I have to go with Big Cass. I'm going with Cass, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to wish... You got a flat tire on the way here. That way, you were too late to compete in a match with me. Yeah. Please make it stop. It's getting to that point. Uh, That takes us into uh, Intercontinental title match. And it's weird that it's not The Miz involved in this. Uh, It is, however, Seth Rollins defending his belt against Elias. Uh, yeah. I care as little about Seth Rollins these days as I do Daniel Bryan. (laughs) And that's a shame. It's 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 I, yeah. I no 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 no. You're 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 not wrong, Darren. Very quickly, I feel the same way about this. Like, and dear listeners, please don't feel that we are shortchanging you. Um, I even I feel that we are doing a slight disservice, but really, we're just returning the favor. WWE is doing us a disservice. Here's what happened, folks. Here, here's what happened. I, I I figured this out today. All right. WrestleMania was done incorrectly. WrestleMania is supposed to be this big changing of the guard moment, and we didn't get that. All the major titles, for the most part, stayed on the the people that held them going into Mania. Uh, Brock Lesnar is still your champion, even though he is not defending this belt on this on this one of the quote big pay per views of the year. And why should he? <laughs> and why should he? Um, AJ Styles still your champion. Uh, even though Shinsuke should have beaten him. Shit, Charlotte held on to the belt and defeated Asuka. Totally stopped Asuka's progress. Uh, Nia Jax won the belt. 
Yay. But the thing is, this feels like, this doesn't feel like the new season of WWE. It feels like a continuation of the last season. And the thing is, people weren't very thrilled with the last season of WWE as it was anyway. So it feels like this is just the same, same shit, different day. That's, that's a good point. I, I can see that. And, uh, but you, you like, you all of a sudden you turn Elias into a featured player and you introduce a new character in Bobby Lashley. And it's like, but wait, you didn't wrap up the other storylines at the end of the last, you know, to continue your television metaphor. Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't wrap any of that stuff up, but now you're shifting focus without any climaxes, conclusions, or denouement. Right. So what am I supposed to follow? Is there any closure? Is there going to be any closure? What direction am I supposed to follow this story in? These stories don't make any sense. I'm tired of seeing the same people wrestle. Uh, we'll talk about the like the money in the bank matches are a little are a little fresh. Everything else on this is stale. So forgive me if I just don't have a lot of interest in this. But Seth Rollins is going to take on his. Uh, Seth Rollins and Elias are kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and twins. Like <laughs> to me, like if, if Seth Rollins like were to Hulk up, he would he would be Elias. Now, uh, Seth Rollins has that CrossFit build, where Elias has that I'm just gonna power lift build. Yeah, Elias looks like Elias looks like a modern day Hercules Hernandez, which is a compliment. Yeah, I mean, it takes a hell of a lot of effort to get that body. It doesn't help these two that they look very similar, especially if they're locked up. That it's like, which is which? They're both long-haired, long dark hair with beards, you know, white skin, black pants. It's like, oh God, oh God, who's who? Um, So that being said, going into this, I mean, Rollins needs to hold on to his belt, right? Is that your pick? That's my pick. My pick is Elias. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you why. That's how little I care about this match. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pick Elias because that, my friend, would be fresh. That would be something. That would be anything. Have the heel win this match. Have the heel take the belt off of this faux babyface they've created. I don't know why Seth Seth Rollins should not be a babyface. Have Elias take that belt off of him and just be a bastard with it you know just absolutely be obnoxious totally honky tonk man it up jeff jared it up chris jericho it up oh wait chris jericho didn't have a guitar like those other guys anyway <laughs> elias it's time it's it, this is your time pal i want to walk with elias but only if elias is walking out with that ic title well if t-shirt sales are any indicator of who the winner will be it will be elias indeed uh, moving on to uh, Sami Zayn taking on Bobby Lashley at a feud that no one cares about. No one cares about this. Why would you have Bobby Lashley, who is a Brock Lesnar-esque body, up against Sami Zayn, who is 100, 120 pounds soaking wet? He's, a, he's a Robert Wool type body? He's a Robert Wool body type. On his eHarmony profile for body type, it says Robert Wool. Um, and, and people, people hit him up because they say, who's Robert Wool? Um, and he says, you could, you could, you could have Googled that. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I don't understand why the pairing of these two, I, I understand it's, it's, there was that static with, uh, 
uh, what Owens and Zayn and Lashley and uh, I for oh Strowman from uh, yeah the from the last event uh, where they tagged up against each other. So I, I, I get that, but for the most part, it's like if Lashley doesn't just pulverize Sami Zayn, then there is something wrong with the wrestling, which is kind of how you should feel about Big Cass versus Daniel Bryan. But that's a whole other animal. Um, so I'm just going to say Bobby Lashley. I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, same here. I, um, you know, th- this had a lot of criticism at first from everyone because of just some really pointless, dumb, amateur, juvenile, backward, poorly written segments. Um, poorly written think, segments on Raw? Yeah. Darren, what are you talking about? You know, I think that two weeks ago when Sami Zayn came out and walked around the whole arena while uh, sort of dressing down Lashley, that was pretty cool because that showed only because to me that showed that Sami Zayn is a hell of a talker. Oh yeah, he Sami can talk Zayn, for sure. Like we need to see that. We need more of Sami doing that, um, but not against Lashley and not like an episode of Nick Jr. I mean, again, I'm not asking for the Attitude Era, but give me something. Give me a little bit of edge. Give me a little bit of grit. Give me a single adult size portion to bite into i I agree and the the thing is you kind of said it just now it's this match is so mismatched because lashley is a monster Sami Zayn is immortal Sami Zayn can talk in the microphone bobby lashley should never hold a microphone so (laughs) (laughs) so you know what leading up to this it should be all Sami Zayn, and then obviously the pay-per-view should be the payoff for lashley so anyway that reinforces my uh, pick for Lashley to go over. Uh, that takes us into uh, tag team title territory. Ooh, say that five times fast. Tag team title territory. 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 Where Gallows and Anderson, uh, the club, are they even called the club anymore? Probably not. <laughs> uh, they're taking on the Bludgeon Brothers for the uh, SmackDown tag team titles. I think if anyone has a shot at taking on the Bludgeon Brothers and beating them, it's because Gallows has that size. That really makes sense to me. Um, so I, I thought it was actually a pretty good pairing as far as like someone who could finally defeat the Bludgeon Brothers. But uh, we'll see. What do you think? Well, I think that this is this is the type of match. Uh, your your Money in the Bank matches will always be your marquee matches. They are designed to be the whole show. They are the show stealers. They're that it is the show could just be two ladder matches and people will be satisfied. So there's not going to be a non money in the bank match. That's going to steal the show at money in the bank. But this one in a different era could in the attitude era or in the early nineties or even in the late eighties or in a different company, Harper and Rowan versus gallows and Anderson given the opportunity to wrestle, given the time to wrestle, and given any direction of a storyline, this match could steal just about any show. These four dudes can wrestle, and they can tell stories, and I would love for this to be a great match, and I don't think it will be, and it won't be the guy's fault. What you said is true uh, with with, uh, Luke Gallows having the larger size, You've got a, a believable threat standing next to Harper and Rowan. Um, and you know, what the hell? I'm going to say the Gallows and Anderson win. Oh, living dangerously. 
I, I think it could go either way, honestly, but I think they've built the Bludgeon Brothers up so much um, that they're just going to retain the titles. So I, I hope for your sake you're right, but I think WWE is just going to make them retain. So I'm going Bludgeon Brothers. Well, that is a that's a much safer bet. Right. But uh, I think that Gallows and Anderson, man, they are floundering. Those guys need something. These guys were such a big, big deal in New Japan, and they've been just – they've got a heaping helping, a not of hospitality, but of manure right on top of their uh, award-winning, title-winning career ever since joining uh, Vince McMahon and Friends. I mean, we call that the WWE special, Darren. Uh, the, the <laughs> you, you could, you could uh, build a wall with the uh, combatants who came from somewhere and showed great promise – and uh, had all these accolades, and then Vince went, oh, yeah? You ain't just whistling Dixie. This is true. We're going to move on, though, uh, to Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal, which will probably end up being the main event of this whole thing, um, <laughs> because they have they have so little uh, faith in AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, it seems. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal, not much to say here. Roman Reigns has got to win this match. Otherwise, what the fuck are they doing with Roman Reigns? And I'm starting to feel bad for Roman Reigns, and I don't say that very often, but it's kind of like, what are they going to do with you, bud? Like, I feel See, I feel bad for him. I, I hear you, but I don't feel that way. I actually, I don't care yet. I don't care yet, and I want Jinder to win this match. He won't. I'm picking Roman. But I want Jinder to win... And yet, I don't feel bad at all for Roman. In fact, I'm thinking, wait a minute, if he gets booked like this for two, three, maybe four more network specials, maybe for one of the big ones, maybe another mid-card match for SummerSlam, a mid-card match at Survivor Series, I might actually come around on Roman Reigns and be like, good, you found a niche, you found a place on the card, now let's work on your performance style and your mic skills. And hell, you might be somebody that I want to see as IC champion one day. But stay away from my WrestleMania main events. Oh my <laughs> gee. Uh, and again, WWE should have just pulled the trigger on that one and just made Roman Reigns have his moment, beat Brock Lesnar. That way, at least, at least... People would just be happy to see the Universal title on the show every week. I mean, honestly, um, that's the way it seemed. But, uh, you know, they would. Yeah, to, be, to be perfectly honest, I think they would. It would have actually done Roman Reigns some good, believe it or not. Because it, it, it may have been like an aww, but at the same time, I'm like, aww. Well, at least from the belt. And, because that, 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 I think that would be fine with everyone at this point. Um, so we're both going Roman Reigns then, right? That's right. The next one's hard to call. This one is the hardest match for me to call of the night. It's Carmella defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. What happens here? Asuka only has one loss under her belt, which she should not have, by the way. Uh, she should be the champion going into this match, and she isn't. Uh, Carmella just became Women's Champion by, of course, cashing in Money the Bank uh, almost a year after winning it and defeating Charlotte for it. Um, does Carmella lose the belt so quickly? What's going to happen? Yes. yes. <laughs> wow, quick answer. I think that Carmella loses this match. I think uh, that there's not a lot of titles changing hands. Um and that this is definitely a place 
where a title is going to change hands. I think uh, I think they believe in Carmella enough that they that they can let her ride without something in her hand. You know, no more Ellsworth, no more briefcase, and now no more belt. Let's see sink or swim Carmella without a flotation device. Well, there are rumors that Ellsworth might actually come back at some point to be with Carmella again. So we, we, we shall see there. But as far as this match goes, I'm going to have to say Asuka needs to win the belt from Carmella. Uh, and I, I, know, uh, I know Crystal, our, our good friend Crystal might not like that pick, but uh, it, it's what needs to happen as far as Asuka's concerned. Also, I think SmackDown Live has had a lot of trouble with ratings and, and viewership these days. So I, I think that kind of looks at Carmella like, uh, okay, someone else needs to be champion. So this might be where they go, okay, we'll try Asuka's champion for a bit and see if people still watch or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's time to, to shake things up on SmackDown. I completely agree. I think that that is uh, what will happen, and I think that's why it will happen. Asuka, and the character of Asuka needs it too. So it's just, uh, you know, it's... Hand and glove. No, absolutely. No, I agree with that completely. And and there's there's a sort of big conundrum going into the next match. The other uh, women's championship, the Raw Women's Championship, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey in a paint-yourself-in-a-corner match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does Nia Jax, who had such heartbreak and heartache getting this championship from that big bully, that big five-foot bully, Alexa Bliss, uh, ah. She takes on Ronda Rousey, who, you know, does not want any special treatment, yet this is her first match after her first match at WrestleMania, and it's on a pay-per-view for the women's title, but no special treatment. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I don't understand that. This is way too early. Way too early. You see how many people are, are in that division. There's tons of women to have this opportunity. Not Ronda, not yet. And you know how you make that happen? You know how you book that? You put Ronda in the Money in the Bank match, and you have her lose that. That way you still don't have her as a contender. You don't even have her as the Money in the Bank contender. And because there's so many other women in it, and it's a ladder match, she doesn't look bad for losing. She just looks like the new kid on the block who, hell, she's never wrestled a ladder match before. She shouldn't win it. Has nothing to do with her fighting skills. They would never put Ronda Rousey in any kind of ladder match. I, I, I won't tell you that. She's she's a she's a beautiful baby. She's delicate. Yeah, they, no, they, they, they don't want to. She's wanna, not delicate. Oh my god. To, to them, to them, because if she goes out, then she's not on TV for a while. That's a big deal. Um, so I understand, kind of going like, oh Ronda, you know, we'll be careful with you. Um, but yeah, what happens here? I can tell you one thing. I want this feud to be over. Because the Nia Jax Ronda Rousey segments are cringeworthy. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, help me, Ronda. Help, help me, Ronda. Oh, yeah. Please get rid of Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> or just make Nia Jax a bad guy again. She's good at yeah. it. Uh, her you being. Know what? I think Nia wins this match. No. No. Yeah. You can't put the. You cannot put the belt on Ronda Rousey. I, I think if you do, people are afraid it's going to be another Brock Lesnar situation, which right. is the worst possible thing for uh, any title. Uh, <laughs> but that's tough. Do you make Ronda lose her second match? Does Stephanie get involved? What happens here? 
I do. I, I mean, it will not be a clean victory. It will not be a clearly Nia is the superior athlete, wrestler, fighter, and woman to Ronda Rousey. No, it will not be that. Okay. Nia will cheat. Nia will count herself out. Nia will get herself disqualified. Or Stephanie will get involved. Or Nia and or Stephanie will set up Ronda to disqualify herself accidentally. It, Nia will win the match, but it will not be on the up and up. Could it be that the women's Money in the Bank match happens somewhere early in the card and there is a winner who's got Money in the Bank for the Raw side and they actually cash in immediately on the pay-per-view during this match and interrupt it? Th- that might be the only way to save uh, Ronda and Nia Jax. Actually, the only way to save them is to not have this match happen uh, so soon. Um, so-, so is that your pick? Your pick is a Money in the Bank winner wins this match? No, because a lot of uh, qualifiers have to be met for that There's to happen. a lot of variables. I, I, the thing is, I'm trying to write WWE out of the corner that they're they're stuck in right now. I'm trying to help hey, them guess out. guess what? They don't want that. They don't want any help. <laughs> they don't want none. They don't want none. They're looking scared like they don't really want none. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey wins. I didn't say she wins the title necessarily. But she'll she'll at least get the disqualification win or the countout win or something like that. That's still a win, Darren. So. Well, but no, but are you you're saying that Rousey, doesn't matter? That doesn't matter. I'm saying no, no. I'm saying she gets the win. But in the title match, you have to pick who leaves with the title. No, that, that was never a rule. I'm saying who gets the ruling, who gets the announcement. So and so wins this match because even though we've said people will not drop the belt, they've still lost the match. And it, we, it counts against us in the head-to-head. Head-to-head. And if you disagree with that, go back and look at past head-to-heads. Head-to-head. Where that has happened to us. So to to get the win for this, I'm going to say Ronda Rousey wins. All right, what if Ronda Rousey wins and wins the belt? I still get it. As long as her name no. is announced. No, no, as no. long as her name is announced, I get it. You've uh, No. You can't do that for a title match. I just did. You have to pick who leaves with the title. No. Ronda Rousey wins, but doesn't win the title belt. Okay, well, well, fine, fine. That's it. Wins, but does not get the title. Okay. Fair enough. Even though I should technically, whatever. Well, we can argue about it again next week. Yay! Yay! Well, that leaves only one more singles match on the night from Chicago, Money in the Bank 2018. And that is the WWE title match. The champion, the WWE champion, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, takes on Shinsuke Nakamura again, again. But this time it is a last man standing match. Who will be the last man standing, Perry Smith? Who will be the last man standing in the Allstate Arena? Will it be AJ? Will it be Shinsuke? So you're asking me to make my pick? If you wish. You could you could talk first and then make your pick. Well, you're, you're going to have a better chance of winning this one, Darren, because I choose not to pick in protest, in protest against how this, this whole thing's been going, this whole feud between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. I choose not to pick. I will take a loss. I will take a loss before I try to say that Shinsuke will win or that AJ will retain. 
I give up. If this was going to be a feud that went on for months after WrestleMania, then why didn't you just have Shinsuke win the belt and then AJ try to get the belt off of a heel Nakamura? It would have made so much more sense than what we're getting right now. Uh, that's a pretty powerful move there. You, uh, that, that's straight out of that's straight out of Congress. <laughs> you, uh, a, a no vote. An, uh, wow, no pick. The boycott. And then who was I? Who was I like five months ago, Darren? I was the guy who was begging, begging for a Nakamura AJ Styles feud. And this is what I get. This is what I get. No, no, I'm sorry. I I I was I was deleting videos from my phone because my uh, because my um, storage is getting full, and I found like old NXT house shows of Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance, and I was like, oh. That Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like someone different is Shinsuke Nakamura now. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. Horrible shame. That and I hate that WWE shame. did that. I hate what it. What you're saying is you've learned your lesson. <laughs> Which is never look forward to anything because you'll be let down no matter what. Yes, I learned that lesson. Wow, okay. Well, I wasn't quite going that extreme. I just meant you learned your lesson with the no pick here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, uh, well, I didn't learn my lesson, and I'm going to pick Nakamura. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to lose. It's not going <laughs> to happen, is it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. You don't have an opinion. You didn't make a pick. That's right, and I'll be happy with but that, I, too. I am going to pick Nakamura, and there's nothing else to be said. There's nothing new to this feud. There's nothing of real importance to this feud. Only WWE could kill interest in AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> or the top, the top belt in the company. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this will be the first match of the night, uh, odds are. Oh, God. If, if, if it's not on the pre-show. Yeah. If it's not on the pre-show, it'll be the first match of the night. Um, okay. Well, then, hey, the, the whole show is called Money the Bank, Darren. So let's talk about those Money in the Bank matches. The women's match. Uh, involves a lot of people here, a lot of ladies, I should say. A lot of ladies like Lana, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and Ember Moon. Interesting smattering of uh, individuals here. Very surprised there is no Riot Squad members involved in this match. And uh, not even uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the fact that Ruby Riot herself is not in this match is ridiculous, and that's not just for all the reasons that you might think. No, for the, her being a really reason. good wrestler, it's not for that reason. No, those are the those. That's the real reason. I just mean she's fest family, she's fest faithful, she's fest alum, she's one of our favorites. I'm I'm saying none of those reasons. Straight up, the way they presented her on television. Now you're not going to put her in this match with all these other women. You're, you're almost saying that she is below every woman in this match and Nia and Ronda and Carmella and Asuka. Hell, if you're saying that she's the 13th best woman on the WWE main roster, then that's not saying much at all. <laughs> right. I mean, if you want to put Lana in the match, and I guess this is the match to put Lana in, so you don't have to actually watch her wrestle a match. Um, then I, I guess that makes sense. Ember Moon, I'm glad she snuck in here. She's very, uh, very good competitor. 
Uh, I mean, these these are very talented people. I'm not a huge fan of Natalia, uh, to be honest with you. If she went away, I'd be okay with that. Uh, <laughs> something about Sasha Banks. I've been really turned off by Sasha Banks over the last year of Sasha Banks. I, I don't know what it is. I think as soon as the Charlotte Flair Sasha Banks stuff ended, I feel like Sasha didn't have anything left to do. And and, and all these second place finishes and like the women's you know battle royal Royal Rumble and her going like, well, you got to remember I was in there the longest and I was second to lose. Like God, like who cares? Sasha doesn't matter. Shut up. Um, and she's not writing what she's saying for the most part, but anyway, I, I've been kind of annoyed by her lately, but Alexa Bliss, I like a lot. Charlotte, I like a lot. Like I said, Ember's cool. Uh, Naomi's good. I like, I like Naomi just fine. Um, and Becky Lynch is my pick to win this match because Becky Lynch needs something. Poor Becky Lynch. They put her over on Charlotte. I mean, she beat Charlotte fair and square, um, on like two Smackdowns ago. So, I mean, that's something. Um, I, I just, I mean, Becky with the briefcase, though, does that mean anything? I, I, don't, it, I don't know. Uh, I think it does. Uh, I, fundamentally to her character, is that something that really makes a lot of sense? No. Um, but it is something. They're not going to put the belt on her right now. If they don't give her this briefcase, she spends another entire year with no direction. And I think another year with Becky with no direction that girl's going to look for greener pastures. She's done it before. She'll do it again. And, and who could blame her? But Becky, with the briefcase, yeah, she's got something. At least she's got a guarantee. She's forcing the writers to write her in at some point. But, yeah, Becky, without that briefcase, is not going to factor in. Because when you've got Charlotte, well, first of all, you got Carmella and Asuka. They're the ones on the top of the mountain. Charlotte is going to always be the perennial contender for the last several years that she's still got in this business. Ember Moon is the, you know, new kid on the block. She's the hot, you know, she's the hot, fresh bun in the oven. Like, you know, she's hot and ready. She's a little, little Caesar's pizza and, uh, Alexa bless. They love her. Sasha. I think I feel the same way you do. And I think the writers feel the same way that you do. Sasha is yesterday's news. I hate it. Natalia is last week's news. Lana is garbage. Naomi has been... <laughs> Take that, Lana fans. Jesus. Naomi has been handed everything. And not to say she's not been deserving, but at some point they, they're going to have to stop giving her everything. So that leaves Alexa and Becky. It's Becky. I, I'm with you. I think it's Becky because Alexa doesn't need it the way that Becky needs it. Alexa is able to float and be able to be pegged into different storylines where Becky might not necessarily fit. Absolutely. And as, as, as obnoxious as Alexa bliss would be with the, with the money, the bank contract briefcase, that would be great. That, that makes for some good television. I think, I mean, Becky well, just also, needs it. Also with, with Carmella, Carmella had it for that long and she was a heel the entire time. I think maybe we need to see uh, a babyface uh, briefcase holder. Oh, could be, could be. It's a different threat for a babyface to have the briefcase. I agree with that. And uh, the thing with Carmella, very quickly, is I, I'm not a huge fan of her being champion only because it disrupts what I was hoping would be a really good Charlotte Flair Oscar feud. Is she is not my favorite champion, but she was a great Money in the Bank 
briefcase holder, I thought. I thought like that was almost as good as having a title to me. That gave her something. She was really like conniving and, and you know, shitty about being <laughs> the girl who could just cash in her, her contract any time for that title match. Um, which, again, Alexa doing that would just be even better. Um, but anyway, I, I, again, Becky Becky needs this. So we're both going with Becky on this. Yes, we are. Now, hey, uh, pretend that this is a Matthew Broderick movie from the 80s, okay? Okay. Um, not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That, that's what every, everybody just thought Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but that's not what I'm saying. All right, here we go. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Okay, right, this, war games. Come on. This is not Inspector Gadget uh, from the 90s. Uh, no, I said from the 80s. I said from the 90s. I was just kidding. And I said from the 80s. Okay, I know. So I guess you're doing impersonation of war games. Okay, okay. Here we go. I, I am. I'm asking you, do you want to play a game for this last, for the, for this last match for the men's money in the bank? For the, sake of, uh, for the sake of this conversation, yes. Can't wait. <laughs> Here's the game. We're going to say one, two, three... And then we're both going to say our pick. Then we'll discuss it. Okay, ready? Wait, 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 wait. One, two, three, go. Or on three, we say it. No, one. I, I will say one, two, three. And then after I say three, like we'll say, I'll say one, two, three, Paul Orndorff. Okay, ready? Except I'm not going to say Paul Orndorff. Okay, let's go. Ready? And if I do, then we'll redo it because I didn't mean to say Paul Orndorff. Okay, ready? Okay. But now I have to make sure I don't say Orndorff. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Paul bang. Orndorff. <laughs> I uh, meant to say Paul Orndorff. Okay. What did you say? Did you hear who I said? No, who did you say? Okay, you didn't hear who I said, so you say who you said. Oh, my Let's God. Uh, Braun Strowman. All right, well, I said Big E. Oh. So, you're going with Strowman. I'm going with Big E. Here's the problem with your pick, Darren. Because this match, we, we should set the match up itself. This match is between Braun Strowman, The Miz, Samoa Joe, Rusev, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, and one of the members of the New Day. Now, Big E would be my choice uh, if, if I was in the New Day and said, hey, one of us needs to go and it needs to make sense, so it should be the big guy. Uh, Kofi Kingston, though, has been in a thousand Money the Bank matches, so I see a lot of uh, potential of him going in there. But your pick is based on maybe he's one of the three people who will even get involved in a match that has multiple individuals. Yes, okay. absolutely. Making sure. And, and you called me crazy for just not picking at all for Styles and Nakamura, by the way. Um. <laughs> well, no, this is... Uh... Uh, we're either going to be absolutely hailed as geniuses or people are absolutely going to uh, vivisect us over the, over these picks this, uh, this, this, this week. Um, but I think that, it, that the whole point in there being a question about it is so that it can be a surprise. The surprise will be Big E and the victory will be a surprise for Big E. And this will begin... The dissolution of the new day. If you've ever seen a, uh, I, I agree with that. By the way, I agree with. Uh, I, I was hoping to have uh, at least two members of New Day in the match, so you would get more of that whole like, oh no, what's going on with the New Day? They're not getting along all of a sudden. Uh, so I agree with that completely. The thing is, though, no one you ever want to win a Money in the Bank match ever wins a Money in the Bank match. Remember that. 
Um, <laughs> well, I know because you know why? Because if so, Kane would have won about ten of them by now, <laughs> and yet Kane has never won a Money in the Bank ladder match. Why not? Kane should be an easy pick for that. Kane should always win Money in the Bank ladder matches. Choke slam everyone over the top rope onto the cement outside the ring. Set up the ladder and climb up. You only have to climb up halfway. You're seven feet tall. Grab the belt and and win. Or grab the briefcase. Whatever ladder match you're in, you should win, King. I rest my case. Well, by that logic, Braun Strowman should win this match because he could probably stand flat-footed in the ring and reach up and grab the briefcase. (laughs) But I, I don't think that he will. And, you know, another thing that's weird is when you look at this match on paper, it's like I if we're, if we're going to see the new new day possibly disband, I think that you should take Rusev, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe and put them into a new three man stable, and they're they're all called the what's the uh, what's the body type that's like uh, it's not a it's not a mesomorph or uh, is, it, is it ectomorph or endomorph. <laughs> It's the pear-shaped one. It's, it's I, I, one I, I know what you're third, saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> one that if you're in ninth grade health class, you don't want to be. Right, right, so, right. I'm not that. I am not that. I'm a mesomorph. See? They, they, they could all be body doubles for each other. Um, so That's I, what I'm saying. I get so that, So they yeah. should all get like, oh, God. They should all get like matching, like um, like fat Elvis. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, like flare, like flares, big collars, plunging V's, covered in rhinestones, and the three of them should be in white. Yeah, oh, that should absolutely do that. Yeah, the three of them should definitely uh, do that. I will say one thing about Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe needs to uh, shave the hair. He needs to to, to to not have like a stylish haircut. You don't he, like his his cool guy hair? I, I don't. I don't like his uh, pompadour mohawk. No, I don't like it, Darren. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not digging it. Um, see, here's the thing. I, I have a I have a fantasy for this. All right, you ready for me? I'm ready to tell you my fantasy about this. If if WWE had any balls at all, they they don't. They don't by the way, I, I want to remind you that um, they would pull with Brock Lesnar what they had to do with Taz when Taz officially went to WWE when he was the ECW champion. Out of nowhere, have a triple threat match. This particular match was between Taz, Mike Awesome, and Masato Tanaka. The match begins. Who goes out immediately? Taz. Taz. Taz goes out immediately. So no matter what, there is going to be a new ECW champion, which eventually turned out to be Mike Awesome. And it was a great match. You would have Braun Strowman win the Money in the Bank contract, right? And then on the next night on Raw, Lesnar would be there. Reigns would be there. Reigns would say, Lesnar, I want you tonight and the and for your title match. And they just they would have it, they would have a title match. During that match, Braun Strowman immediately cashes in Money of the Bank. Now it's a triple threat elimination match, and Reigns and Strowman destroy Lesnar, immediately pin him. So no matter what, Strowman or Reigns is going to be the new universal champion on Raw. So you have like an hour. An hour-long fight between Roman Reigns and Strowman just going into the audience, going into the entranceway, going into the back and the parking lot. And it's just like, oh my God, folks, one of these two men is going to be champion tonight. And then, you know, whoever can win, I don't care. But it gets rid of it gets rid of Lesnar. 
No one gives a shit about Lesnar anymore. He's not fresh. The only one who cares about Lesnar is Vince McMahon at this point. And you have you and Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's great, of course. Um, but th- that's it. Like the the championship is now at home where it deserves to be. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I just want the belt off of Brock Lesnar so badly. And that's what this Might of the Bank you know contract is even about. It's about like oh. Oh, you're wounded. Oh, there's blood in the water. I'm, now I'm going to cash in and I'm going to take that belt. So, I mean, just do that. Just do that. That would be so cool. Um, it's not going to happen, though. But I do want Braun Strowman to win the match just because I think he might be the guy that just finally takes the belt away from Lester. That's a cool fantasy, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> I actually really like that. It's a, it's a, it, To me, it, that's a brilliantly booked story. It was Brilliant when they booked it in ECW, just like the story you just told. Uh, it's a brilliant idea uh, that you've resurrected that would be a nice direction for all of those guys and for that belt and for the program and for the direction of the company. This is not going to happen. Like you said it yourself, they don't have the balls to do it. They are terrified to take that belt off of Lesnar, and at this point I don't understand it. I really don't. I really, really don't. Uh, he's not bringing them any money. He's not putting asses in seats. Um, I tell you, I, I mentioned earlier how cool the Sami Zayn Lashley segment actually was uh, from a couple of weeks ago because we got to see Sami do incredible mic work and we got to see camera show us a lot of stuff we don't see on Raw these days. The one thing I don't think they wanted us to see was the tremendous amount of empty seats in the arena. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. So, yeah, WWE, man. Tighten, tighten the grip, you know, do something risky, bring us some product that, that puts asses in seats, uh, bring those titles home. Like you, you know, like Perry just said, you got to bring the title home. Lesnar doesn't live at home. You know, Lesnar don't live here anymore. Neither does love. <laughs> right. That's the universal title. So, uh, bring it home. And then you can start doing something with it. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, if I dislike any part of your uh, your your fantasy there, it's that you even included Roman at all. Oh my god! <laughs> Just stop it, please. Like I said, if if it brings the belt back, I'm I'm willing to let that happen. But anywho, so that that's that that's it. Who who's your who's your pick? You said Big E. Big E because he'll win the at the briefcase. Um, because that's what WWE is truly interested in right now. The WrestleMania booking that you mentioned earlier is proof of it. They, they're swerving simply for swerving's sake. A big E win here uh, is a, a huge swerve. And then you let it slowly eat away at the New Day because Big E has this new prop. And, of course, all three of them celebrate it for a little while, but all of a sudden it slowly drives a wedge between the threesome. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I had those similar thoughts going into this that this whole – Money the Bank thing would eventually eat away at the New Day, which needs to happen because the New Day is kind of becoming just a, a pancake joke, apparently. Um, which, which, by the way, very quickly, uh, the last SmackDown when Miz pulled down the Money the Bank briefcase and it was full of pancakes, made pancakes that had been sitting in the briefcase the entire SmackDown, mind you. It cuts to the back where the New Day are and they're laughing about it. Big E is holding the bowl that he apparently mixed those pancakes in and the tongs that he used to flip the pancakes. And it's like, 
why would he still be holding all of that stuff? I understand you have to show the crowd who maybe doesn't follow this product every week that, oh no, <laughs> they made the pancakes. But if you think about it, that means Biggie has been holding on to that stuff for hours <laughs> until the Miz finally did that, which they assumed he would do, which makes no sense. Um, anyway, that's, that's because it. Because they've turned this in, they've turned professional wrestling into a cartoon. Which again is what it's it wild was. It's Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, man. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> so that's it for Money in the Bank. Uh, should be interesting. I hope it's good. I-, I hope stuff happens that makes me want to watch this stuff every week instead of me having to like 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 a- 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 obligatory you know wrestle viewing that I have to sit through Raw and SmackDown so I know what I'm talking about on the uh, podcast. So. I want it to be a show that I enjoy watching. Actually, SmackDown was good. You got to see Nakamura and, and Jeff Hardy, which is actually cool. Because you don't see that. Like, that, that's cool that they had that happen. And you got to see Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin. That was a good match. Well, you get to see actual matches on SmackDown. Raw, though. Oh, my God. Oh, don't get me started. But that's that, folks. We're going to see who wins the head-to-head. Head-to-head. For both NXT TakeOver Chicago and Money the Bank uh, next week on the our... 89th episode next week. Are you going to tune in for that? Are you going to watch Money of the Bank? Are you going to watch TakeOver? Let us know. There's a lot of ways to do that. Check us out on Twitter, at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We'd appreciate it. Uh, hit us up on Gmail if you want to send us a long, long letter. Uh, hopefully all positive criticism. Uh, at the whole reference show at gmail.com t-h-e-w-h-o-l-e-r-e-f-n-s-h-o-w at gmail.com or or you can find us on instagram at the whole reference show t-h-e-w-h-o-l-e-r-e-f-n-s-h-o-w and i you know i told you we were creeping them we're creeping them we're creeping up to that 900 followers on instagram well we hit it we long jumped past it. Um, I went back and looked, and it was actually Lucy's Pub. Hey, Lucy's. Lucy's Pub from Gainesville, Florida, became our 900th follower on Instagram. We can't give a t-shirt. We can't get a t-shirt made big enough to fit over an entire pub. So we're going <laughs> to tarp find someone to thank Lucy's. But uh, we're going to tarp hey, with our name on it. Hey, shout out to Lucy's Pub. Whenever you are in beautiful Hogtown, Gainesville, Florida. North Central Florida, the home of the University of Florida. Stop at Lucy's Pub. I bet that hurt you to say anything positive about uh, about dim gators. What you know about the swamp, boy? Well, it's because the gators suck. But whoa, whoa, you're right. But whoa, whoa, still, it's, they're they're <laughs> they're still my team, even though they've been in a rebuilding year for the last ten years. Uh, so. <laughs> That is that, folks. We're going to see you next week. And until then, and probably after then, I'm going to be Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we'll uh, catch you next week, folks. Enjoy TakeOver and Money the Bank. We'll see you. Bye-bye.